great to see you today, and we are honored you're with us today in church, and we believe that God is going to do some amazing things in your life. You fought the weather conditions, you got here today, you got out of bed, you didn't let the rain hold you back, and can I tell you something, because you have positioned yourself properly, God is going to shine in and through your life today and do something amazing. You know, I don't know if you've ever thought about the conditions of life, but many, many times we want the conditions to change in our life, but in reality, we can't always change the condition. And I want to talk to you today about your position, no matter what the condition of life brings to you. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, you will have trials, you will have tribulation. And there's a misunderstanding today in the church culture and uh, in the world that if you give your life to Christ, you'll never face another challenge. In other words, as Forrest Gump once said, you believe that life is like a box of chocolates and it's never ever, you know, comes with challenges. But if you live long enough, you know that that is not reality. You understand that life always has challenges. You understand that the truth of God's word, when it says it rains on the just and the unjust, it rains on them alike. You begin to grab hold of what that means. And you realize that you have battles, you have fights, you have challenges in life. But the secret isn't to wish the battles away. The secret is to know who you are in the battle and fight with the weapons that God has given you and I as Christ followers to fight on this journey called life. And so many people want the journey to change. When I would invite you to embrace the journey that God has you on, that God has created you for, and not switch roads in life, but begin to switch your position as as you do the journey that God has given you. And a lot of times people want to, you know, even in the church world today, uh, people, they don't like the journey that they're on and they hit a pothole in the church and they have a relational challenge in the church and they, they want to switch churches. They want to switch roads. They want to switch places. Really? Have you ever, ever thought about this, that maybe that challenge happened in your life to, to create opportunity for you? rather than to get you off the road. And what the enemy loves for you to do is always want to switch roads, switch paths, have a buffet-style life where you, where you think you pick and choose. And God would love for you and I to embrace who he's created us to be and walk in the fullness of that every single day we wake up no matter what life brings, no matter what the conditions of life are. And today, I'm going to talk to you about your position in the conditions of life. You know, whenever I ride down the road, one of the worst things to do in this this country is is to drive on a road that has poor road conditions. Anybody ever driven on a road with poor road conditions? You're like, man, I just wish the DOT would change this. 
And uh, we always want the conditions of the road to change. If it has potholes, if it has bumps, if it has dips in it, if it, you know, it, it is a little rough. But, but can I tell you, you can get through those rough roads. You can drive down those rough roads and you can get to the other side if you change your position and your driving habits and you pay attention to what's in front of you and you leverage what you have in order to, to drive on the, that road. I, I just got back from uh, Africa and I went to a couple of places there. And, and can I tell you something? The road conditions there are much different than they are here. You actually drive with a posture of, of you know what, I, I'm in charge of, of, of the driving and the road. Not the other drivers. You don't blame it on everybody else. Everybody just kind of like blows their horn and gets out of the way and you take charge. When you come to an intersection, a lot of times, they don't even have traffic lights. It's, it's, it's every person for themselves. And can I tell you, the conditions of those roads will scare the heebie-jeebies out of you if you've never, ever driven in those conditions before. And you're like, just get me out of here, I'll walk, you know. And again, much less ride on a moped. I mean, you know, I mean, some of those folks just ride around on mopeds and do all kinds of things. But the conditions of those roads are, are sort of scary. But what I, what I found out is those drivers, they position themselves in such a way and they know how to drive on those, those horrific roads with horrific challenges, lots of traffic. I mean, 17, you know, looks like a small town compared to what we're talking about there. I'm talking about like, uh, the, there, there's a new name for cars in, in those areas. It's called bumper cars. <laughs> and if your car don't have a few marks on it, then you're not driving. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you could wish the conditions to go away or else you can learn how to drive in the conditions that are given to you. It's, it's the same thing in fighting. Uh, uh, you know, whenever a, a boxer or a, a fighter enters into a ring, they can wish the fight to go away or they can learn how to position themselves in the fight to, to get through the fight and win the fight. And your position is everything. And today I want you to know that a lot of people are giving up on life and what God has called them to do, what God has assigned them to do, and what God has, has designed them to be, they give up because of the conditions life brings. And today I want to talk to you about your position in the condition. Because I think if you can grab hold of the position you have in Christ then the conditions don't change you. You change positions. And guess what? The conditions no longer have a hold on you. And, and, and today, you know, because we all have conditions, we all have challenges. Sometimes it may be sickness comes into our body. But how do you sing like a man, as the song said, with no sickness in their body when there is sickness in the body? It's understanding your position, my friend. How do, how do you begin to say, you know what, that, that heaven lives in me as, as it is in heaven, heaven lives in me. It's all about understanding your position no matter what the world's conditions are. And all of us are wanting the conditions to change. And God's inviting us to change our position.
You know, we do have different circumstances and different challenges on a daily basis. But in reality, we all live in the same world, in the same generation. And actually, many of us even live in the same city. So we face some of the same conditions. Everybody's like, I just wish that 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 would change and this would change. And what if God didn't want it to change? What if God wanted to change you in the process of you wishing everything would change? And you allowed him to do a change in your heart whenever pressure comes and challenges come. You know, they do say that pressure makes diamonds. But I can tell you right now, we live in a weenie culture. And, and I did say weenie, okay? Where when pressure comes, we're just like, let me change journeys. Oh, this must not be the calling on my life. You hear that in the church world a lot of times. Oh, God's calling me somewhere else. Really? No, you just can't handle the pressure to get better. And God's putting pressure in your life to help you become everything he's created you to be. That's what good coaches do. That's what great teachers do. They, they apply pressure when pressure is needed so that you'll come out of your slumber and you'll come out of, you know what, the place and, and, and begin to, to be great. God created you for greatness. God created me for greatness. But a lot of times we'll, we'll kind of slump back and instead of becoming great and elevating our life, We'll let the conditions determine who we are instead of understanding our position in who God says we are. And today we're going to look at a prayer in our Bible. We looked at it on Easter weekend, but we're going to turn back to it because this has a lot to say about our position in life. And it's found in Joshua. It's an audacious prayer. Joshua chapter 10 verses 7 through 13. Joshua being the leader of the Israelite army. They had come out of bondage. They had come out of slavery. They had been traveling around in a wilderness for about 40 years. The the, uh, previous leader, he dies off Moses. And God says, hey, Joshua, it's now time for you to lead uh, my people into a land of provision. I'm going to do, I'm going to give you exactly what I said I was going to give you. I'm going to give you a land of provision. But Joshua, you need to walk the road I have given you to walk on. And you need to be strong and you need to be courageous and you need not be terrified. I, God, he says to Joshua, will do what I agreed to do. I just need you to submit and follow and change positions in the conditions I give you and trust me all the way along the journey. And the Bible says that they begin to conquer this amazing territory that God had given them to conquer. City after city, moment after moment, coming up against armies much more intimidating to them than Probably most of us could imagine. And and can I tell you, many times physically stronger, outnumbered, and Joshua trusted God in those conditions, and amazing things happen. And he's taken city after city, and the city that he's getting ready to take over is a city where five different kings had allied together 
took over this particular city, five troops, five different kings, five different places, put their armies together and come against one army, the army of God, and are wanting to hold them back. And so now they're getting ready to face a battle. And can I tell you something? Joshua's prayer wasn't, hey, God, make the battle go away. Joshua's prayer is, position me in the battle so I can have great success. So I want to read to you what what the, the... The battle is, it's found in Joshua 10, verses 7 through 13. The Bible says this. Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal. And they set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua. Five kings in their armies. For I have given you victory over them and not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. The Bible says Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and he took the Amorite armies, plural, by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them in Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horon, killing them all along the way to Azekah. And Makeda. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The Bible declares that the hailstorm killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. In other words, God did more in the battle than Joshua and the Israelite army did in the battle. And on the day, the Bible says, that the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, plural, the multiple kings that had gathered there. Joshua prayed this audacious prayer. Joshua talked to God in an audacious way. And it's interesting, he did not wish the challenge away. He did not wish the condition away. But he says this, he prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel, in front of the entire army, in front of the entire group. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon, where we're located. And the moon over the valley of Ajalon, where they have just run to. So the Bible says the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. It's an interesting prayer. And... When you look at that prayer, most people would think that Joshua is saying, hey, give me more daylight so I can win this battle. However, he's saying, no, make sure you put me in the right position so I can win this battle. It's a positional prayer. 
not a prayer for just a longer day. Can I tell you, the enemy could see in the day just as well as Joshua could. However, where the sun was positioned, when Joshua said, let the sun stand still over Gideon and shine west in the face of the Amorite armies in Ajalon, in the valley of Ajalon, what Joshua was saying is, God, would you shine and put the light in their eyes so when we march forward, guess what? We're marching with you on our side and the light is shining in their eyes and they can't retaliate because they're blinded by the light and we have the power and we can overtake the army. It's a prayer about, hey, God, you know what? I need to walk with you. I need need to position myself with you against this army. I need you to be with me. God, I know the battle is not going to go away. And I know you told me and the Israelite people to take over the land and not drive out some of the people, but drive out all the people, all the enemies, all the ones that is taking away our life and our provision. Now, what's interesting about all of that? is all of that in the Bible, the Israelite journey, the Hebrew journey, the Bible declares is there to teach us in this day and age something spiritual in our own journey. It's not just a physical thing that God did. It's a physical demonstration that God did to illuminate to you and me what is really going on in the spiritual realms. What, it, what is coming against you in your soul. Coming against you in your thinking. Coming against you and, and the very essence of who you are. That's what your soul is. And, and can I tell you something? Just like Joshua and the Israelites faced incredible armies and incredible enemies... And had the power of God on their side. You know, you and I, we face some incredible challenges too, don't we? And there's things trying to destroy our soul, the very essence of who we are, every single day. And so the question is, will you let it destroy you or will you believe God? Will you have an audacious heart to say, God, let the... Son, stand still. Position me with where you are. As we shine the light of Christ in the face of the enemy and illuminate where he is. And God, would you allow me to march and walk in the fullness of who you say I am, no matter what the conditions are. God, I trust you. I trust my position more than I trust the conditions of the battle. And I need you to know this today. The enemy of your soul is trying to get you to focus on the conditions of life rather than your position in life, according to God. Uh, focus on, on, on the re relational breakup, the financial condition, what happened yesterday. Focus on all of these conditions. Focus on the tragedy. 
Focus on, you know, focus on all of this thing instead of focusing on who you are, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the challenge is, no matter what is going on in your life. And the enemy has a lot of our focus. And we wonder why we're not marching forward and we feel downtrodden as the Bible describes it. We feel oppressed. We feel depressed. We feel like life is just not going the way I want it to go. Well, maybe the answer isn't changing roads or changing paths or changing relationships. But maybe it's changing your heart. So you look at your position instead of the condition. And battles will come your way. And most people have weak faith in who God says they are. Instead of plowing through the battle with God on their side, they give up when they face the battle of Ajalon, the battle that's in the valley. And, and can I tell you today, God just shared with me that he wanted me to share with you today about who you are today. No matter no matter how old you are, how young you are, what's your position if you have believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, what your position is. And if you're a downtrodden Christian today, and you're all more concerned about the things that's happening in the world than your position in the world, I pray that God would illuminate something special to your heart today. And no matter what the conditions in the world are, you begin to take your position and march forward and be everything that God has created you to be. And here's the first thing. Is your position, if you have believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, is this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. You're a brand spanking new person. You're a brand new person. You may want to write that down if you're taking notes today. You're like, well, I don't feel like it. Well, again, I didn't say you got a brand new body. I didn't say you live in a brand new world yet. I said, if you have believed in Christ, then your spirit inside of you has been made alive. And if your spirit has been made alive inside of you, you're a brand spanking new person. The old is gone and the new has come. And many Christians see themselves as a patched up version instead of a brand new version. And what I mean is they see themselves as a remodeled car with some bangs and scratches on it. Instead of, you know what, a brand new one that just come out of the showroom. And you know what, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. An enemy, no longer am I who I used to be. You need to understand, my spirit has been resurrected. And I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus. Don't give me no duct tape. A little bondo and body work. No, no, no. I'm a brand new person. And, and if you can declare this with your heart 
and you understand this, then there's no demon in hell that can take away that particular truth. And can I tell you, when the demons come at you, when life comes at you and conditions come at you, you don't give up and pull over to the side and throw in the towel and say, oh, shoot, I just want to change journeys. No, no, no. You stand up like Joshua did and you pray an audacious prayer. And God, I'm positioned right today. Let's march. Let's march. Let's march. See. Understanding your position changes everything. My friend, it isn't just a prayer you pray in Sunday school. This is life change. This isn't just a religious group you belong to. This is a relationship with the Almighty, with your Creator. And most people come to church and like, I just wish the conditions would change. God, would you change the conditions today? Because, because, you know, I went to church today and I did what was good. Can I tell you something? God's like, listen, I created you for greatness. And the trials and tribulations aren't going away. Step into them and be who I've created you to be in the midst of the trials and the tribulation. How in the world again? And, and, I, and I'm still growing in this. And I hope you are too. But how in the world could those first followers, how in the world could, could they allow themselves to be nailed to a cross upside down because of their declaration and their faith? Well, how could they stand in the face of Worldly enemies and say, you know what? Put me on a cross. Because if that's what it takes for you to understand who my God is, then, then go ahead and take care of business. Oh, I'm not there yet. Because I live in the same weenie culture that you live in. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've been conditioned not to fight. We've been conditioned And I think it's the hand of the enemy for everything to be handed to us instead of us having to work through some things. And whenever things are handed to us in just the way that we think they should be handed to us, we're like, God, I need to change roads because we have buffets here in America and they're called Golden Corral and, you know, all of these things. And and life should be a big buffet. Maybe God wants you to fight the good fight of faith. And maybe, just maybe, the conditions that you're wishing would go away could be something from God to position you for greatness. Maybe maybe the resistance you're feeling could, could be God doing Something in your life, and if you could get yourself positioned in Christ Jesus, then you would begin to, which is my next point, you would begin to see life differently. See, whenever Christ illuminates your soul, whenever the Spirit of God makes your spirit alive, 
And the spirit of God partners with your spirit inside of you and begins to illuminate bigger and greater things to you than, than you just see in your, with your fleshly eyes. I just need you to know today that God is into helping you see differently with the eyes of your heart. And what I mean by that today is you don't look at life the same way you did when you were in the old nature. Everything changes. The veil is lifted. Those who are spiritually blind can now see. That's why Jesus would say things in the physical like, you know what, Uh, let the blind see. Let those who aren't deaf hear. And yes, those were physical miracles he was doing, but he's teaching things about your spiritual life and my spiritual life. Have your spiritual eyes been open? Because you see the world totally different. My spiritual eyes were open at the age of 32. I knew all about the cross, the resurrection. I'd said a prayer when I was six years old. I got baptized just like all my friends did and went down front. But there was nothing inside of me changed. Didn't view the world any different other than, oh, praise God, I'm going to get to go to heaven one day because I said a prayer and I, uh, I asked Jesus to forgive my sin. My friend, when God saves you, you see differently. When you surrender your soul and your life and your spirit to the great I am, the great God, he begins to open and illuminate things to you differently than you've ever seen them before. And I want to show you this today. And it's always for his glory. And what I mean by that is you, you don't begin to see challenges as, oh, you know what? This, this challenge is in my life because I'm a, I'm a bad person. All right. No, no. This challenge is in my, pli- my life because I live in a sinful world. But God has changed me on this journey for these challenges to illuminate who he is in my life. I want to show you what I'm talking about today. Because there was a journey that Jesus was taken one day in John chapter 9 with his followers, with his disciples when he was here on earth. And this is what the scripture says. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind physically from birth. And his disciples says, hey, teacher, hey, rabbi, why is this man blind? Why does he have this condition? Why is this condition in his life? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Is it a generational curse or is it something he brought against himself? And it's interesting. Jesus says, well, here's the deal. It's not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Neither one of those. Jesus answered, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Wow. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, Jesus says. 
and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light. I'm the illuminator of the world. Wow. So, so Jesus says th- this blindness didn't come because of something he did or something his parents did. As a matter of fact, you know what? Jesus is like sin, sin, missing the mark of God's glorious standard entered the world in the garden. And hey, boys, we live in a sinful world. We live in a world where people have missed the mark all over. However, God is taking a different approach towards sin than you can physically see. The enemy means it for harm. And God's going to leverage it to bring glory to himself. Don't miss this. And so something's come in the world. And this man has a physical ailment because men missed the mark of God's glorious standard in the garden. However, just because it has physically affected human beings in this world, I am the God of the universe and I can transform them in who I am in spite of who the enemy says they are and the plague he has put on their body. In other words, I am God and I am a transformational God and I am God. That will come into the enemy's domain and I'll do my business and I'll bring myself glory through the human beings that believe me. Oh, that's so good. See, we we live in a passive church world where, where we don't understand. It ain't about just getting the conditions better. It's about taking our position in Christ Jesus and having audacious faith and believing that God is God in spite of the conditions of the world and he'll do what he says he'll do and he is a reigning king and he will return to earth. But maybe you're here today and the conditions of the road are defining you instead of the position. That God says you have in Christ Jesus. Defining you. Maybe it's why you stay so depressed. It's because you're, you're looking at the conditions. Instead of the position of who God says you are. You're a child of the king. You're spiritually alive, my friend. Your eyes have been opened. Are you, are you marching to a different drumbeat? Which leads me to a, another point I made is what is your goal in life? Is it just to have better conditions? Or, or, or is it a, a goal to be personally set apart for a great purpose? That's, that's a different goal. Purple, purposely being set apart. We, we just finished singing this amazing song. And that song has a declaration in it. It says, holy, holy, holy. May I sing holy, holy, holy. But when we sing those lyrics, do you really understand in your heart what you're declaring? God. May I be set apart. That's what the word holy means. Set apart, set apart, 
set apart. Here on earth, as it is in heaven, may I be of your kingdom here as your kingdom is there. God, God, would you set me apart with a significant purpose in the world? The the Bible states this, God, God, would you let me live in the world but not be of the world? Would you let me engage with people but not let them tell me who I am but you remind me and declare me uh, in my head who I am and I change things instead of letting things change me. Because the battle ain't going away. But I'm going to position myself in the battle where I begin to influence versus being influenced. And, And see, this is what set apartness is. It's God saving you And setting you apart for a significant purpose. The Bible declares this in a, in a passage of scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 9 and 10. And the writer here, Paul, writes young Timothy, he says, for God saved us. Hallelujah. And most people jump up and down and shout about that if they really have been saved. They don't get too excited about this next part. For God saved us and called us and dialed our number to live as set apart people, to live a holy life. Oh, oh, that means that I'm under new management. I'm under new authority. I'm under new kingship. My allegiance is somewhere else. And God, I believe you. I don't turn to the left nor the right. I stay the path you've given me to stay. I don't swerve. I walk in the fullness of who you say I am, set apart and fulfilling my assignment. Joshua. Be strong and courageous, God says. Do not be terrified. I will give you the land. I will be with you on the journey just like I said I would be. However, Joshua, don't you swerve to the left and don't you swerve to the right. You follow me. And let me be your leader and do all I commanded you. All I spoke through Moses. Because I am God and you are the vessel. And guess what? Together we're going to take this journey and we're going to declare who I am in this earth. And amazing, amazing things are going to happen. Most people don't believe that in their heart. And see, I'm just strong enough to believe that God knows what I need better than I know what I need. And I want to submit to his authority I don't want to rebel from it I want to be in a relationship with him I want to be under his allegiance under his management I don't want to go my way but I want to go his way I want to be everything he's created me to be and I want to lead a church that believes that with their hearts (laughs) strong 
and courageous. Don't you be terrified. Set yourself apart for a significant purpose. Bring me glory. Hallelujah. In all circumstances. Stand firm on the foundation of Christ Jesus. Align your life with him. Let him be the cornerstone, the authority, the one you build on. Let him be the one you align everything with because that's what a cornerstone is. Last thing I wrote down in my journal is this. Not only do I need to set myself apart in a crazy world and quit praying all the circumstances away and pray I could be who God's created me to be no matter what the circumstances are. The next thing I need to do is set my eyes on the amazing prize. See, set your face like flint is what the Bible says. Set your eyes on the prize. And the one who wrote many of the churches and many of the letters in our New Testament, his name was Paul. He he declared this over and over and over. And, And can I tell you, he didn't. The conditions of his life were horrific compared to some of the conditions we live in. However, there were other times when he was eating caviar and ribeyes and baked potato and he, he had everything he ever needed. But he learned to declare this. The conditions of life don't determine who I am. He says, I've had plenty and I've had little. He says, I've been basically educated beyond human educating in the judicial, in the Judaism. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Education didn't do it. And then he goes on over here and says, I've been whipped. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten, I've been stoned, I've been put in prison. But whether the condition was this or this, he says, I've learned to set my eyes on the prize and keep pressing Forward in the journey that I've been giving. Because I'm looking towards the prize and not the battle I'm in. I'm pressing with everything I got because of who I belong to. I know who I am. I'm in Christ Jesus. And the battle is not easy. And you know, I can pray, come, Lord Jesus, come. And I need to pray, come, Lord Jesus, come. Because I'm telling you right now, sometimes the battles we face, I'm like, God, would you come back today? The Bible says, to him, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And I got to declare to you today, guys, That his timetable is not yours, nor mine. He is working out his significance in this world, no matter what the circumstances are. And all you got to do is take hold of who he says you are in this world, 
and, and then keep pressing forward and have the joy of the Lord in your heart, no matter what the conditions are. And, and, and he wants you to keep your eyes on the prize. Listen to what Paul wrote in Philippians 4 or Philippians 3 verse 14. He says, here's the deal. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I want to read that again because it's a significant verse. He says, look, he says, there's a lot of things going on in my life, but he says, I keep pressing to reach the end of the race. In another place, he says, hey, I run this race like I'm the only flipping one in the race. He says, you know what? I I discipline myself like a fighter disciplines himself. I I bring discipline into my life because without discipline, I know that the enemy and the battle will take over me. He says, so I discipline myself. I don't wish it would go away. He says, I came to fight the good fight of faith and pour out my life like a drink offering here on earth because I know what is still yet to come. And he's like, you know what? He said, he's like, the conditions don't determine who I am. I'm fighting, man. I'm a fighter with my faith. I believe with my faith. I trust with my faith. And I'm pressing on for the prize that is set before me. And I tell you something, there's a prize set before you too. But a lot of people don't understand the prize. And the prize... Is, is not just going to heaven. That, that's awesome that we get to go to heaven. But, but the prize is, is the rewards that heaven offers you as a Christ follower in finishing the race and finishing it well. And you only get into the kingdom of God by taking your faith and praying and placing it in the gift of grace his name is jesus and it's a gift to humanity and you can receive it or not receive it you can't work for it you can't buy it you know what you you can't do anything but trust it in your heart death burial and resurrection of christ two thousand years ago but my friend once you have believed again your spiritual eyes are open your path is illuminated your work is illuminated by the spirit of god and Based on what you do with your assignment, the Bible says you'll be greatly rewarded for it in the kingdom that is still yet to come. Most people are under this Hollywood imagery of what heaven's about. And they think that everybody's going to go there and everybody's going to get a set of wings and we're going to fly around and do a little angel worship. No, no, no. The Bible says you're going to still be a human. A redeemed human. A paid for human. And the Bible says, you know what? That old body you live in right now, it's going back to dust. It's going back to dust, ashes, something. Fish are going to eat it, something. But here's the truth of the matter. This is reality. God says he's going to give you a brand new body in the kingdom that is yet to come. A brand new one. A brand new one. A brand new one. And and the Bible says that he's building a kingdom. It's an unshakable kingdom. 
no king on earth, no national power on earth will determine whether he, he rules and reigns or not. No, he determines that. The Bible says his kingdom will last forever. And those of us who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus will live in that kingdom with a kingdom assignment. Forever and ever. What's your assignment? What's your assignment? And how you steward your assignment as a kingdom citizen, because you're already in the kingdom if you've believed. How you steward that here on earth where you have little. The Bible teaches that you will be entrusted with more. There, based on what you did. With the little you have here. And all of it's little. You're like, well, I I don't have a little. Man, I got a lot compared to the worldly standards. Well, you don't have a lot compared to godly standards. And what I mean by that is I'm not belittling your retirement account. It's awesome. But I'm telling you what you do with it. And how you use it. Will determine. What you have there. And Paul says, I'm pouring out my life like a drink offering. I'm giving it all I got to make King Jesus famous. Because I'm pressing forward to what is yet to come. Not as here and now. Let me pray for you. God, you're an amazing God. I pray for the people here today. The people that sit and wonder. They live in a wilderness, God. God, you've brought us out of bondage through the blood of Christ Jesus. And God, we we latch ourselves on to that. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for him saying it is finished to tell us that the enemy no longer has rule and reign over your life. But I'm a God who rules you. God, I pray for audacious sun stand still prayers today. God, we wouldn't let the conditions of our life determine who we are in life. But God, we would let our position in Christ Jesus and what we see spiritually determine every step we take from this point forward. God, I pray that we would be a generous people. We would be giving people. We would be people that... Here, well done, good and faithful servant, because we took our assignment that serious. And God, we poured out our life like a drink offering. God, we gave it all we had here on earth. God, I pray that over this church. That we saw tens of thousands come out of darkness into the wonderful light. King Jesus, I thank you for giving me life and giving it to the full. Jesus, I thank you for giving me purpose, not only in eternity, but here on earth. And God, I pray that we would be a church that brings heaven to earth. Bring up there, down here. We wouldn't be downtrodden. We wouldn't give up. We wouldn't pull over to the side. We wouldn't let the conditions define us. But we would define the conditions by our position in Christ Jesus. And there would be a different outcome. Because of what we did. Through our giving. Through our serving. Through our encouraging. 
through us being the people you've created us to be. God, I pray that Jesus would come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. But let us fulfill our assignment as you do that. We pray it in his name today. Amen. Give God a big hand clap today. I am glad you came today. I hope you were encouraged and I hope you were challenged. I've been praying for y'all. I've been praying this. That God, if a person is not doing the assignment you have given them to do. And they are not being who you have created them to be. God, let them not sleep or not rest at night. That's what I've been praying. I don't want you to rest in what you do. I want you to rest in who he says you are. And see, a lot of people are depending on what they do. And I pray you would never have spiritual peace if you're depending on what you do. I'm praying today that you'd lay your head down at night and you would rest in Christ Jesus and rest on who he says you are and live up to the standards and the challenges he's called you to do. And honestly, I hope that comes as a challenge and encouragement at the same time. But I'm done with Golden Corral Christianity. And I don't mean that in a negative way. But God told me to call people up. God told me, look, there's more in you than you think there is. There's more in every one of us than we think we got in us. And so I hope you can live to the challenge because the challenge doesn't really come from me. It comes from God. The Spirit of God has told me to speak this life into our church and to begin to watch a church march and become and give and share and serve and watch a community transform because it is a people walking by the Spirit of God, living by the Spirit of God, praying audacious prayers and believing God for His kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. I hope that don't run you off. I hope it makes you a better player. That's my heart. That's my heart. I, I know when I had coaches that really challenged the ball team when I played ball, a lot, of, a lot of players left the field. You know why? Because they didn't really want to play. They didn't really want to be better. They wanted the glory without the work. And, and can I tell you something? I do believe that there'll be players that leave the field. Heck, they left Jesus' field. But I'm okay with that. Because I see the potential in this room in every single one of you. And I pray you won't be a quitter, but you would step up and be everything God has created you to be.